In the Pocket, a talk show that showcases Mainers, who are people of color. Each episode represents a member of the Maine community from art, culture, and business, the earth, wind, and fire of life. Embracing and exploring the Black diaspora and descendants of American slavery through conversation is the foundational concept of In the Pocket. The overall mission of In the Pocket is to create conversational space for all people of color that is documented and celebrated through sharing of life experiences. If you like what you're hearing and want to hear it again, or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show. Thank you listeners for tuning into In The Pocket. I'm your host, Flo Edwards, and our special guest today is Victoria Pelletier. She is a city council member in Portland. She is a community advocate and activist. Victoria, please introduce yourself. Thank you. Um, hi, I'm Victoria. I live in Parkside of Portland. I've been in Portland now for, oh my gosh, probably five or six years. Uh, but I grew up in Brunswick and I've lived in Maine my whole life. And yeah, I'm a city councilor for District 2. Um, and I am a community leader here in Portland and I work in uh, racial equity and um, at Portland Empowered. And it's it's really just advocating for parents and students to get involved in what's happening within the and to advance policy and to advance equitable practices within the school system. Yeah, that's me. Man, you sound extremely smart. Um, <laughs> thank you. I wanted to be like, am I? Am I smart now? Thank you. It's not what I went to school for at all, but it's something that I just fell into and now has become my career. So I'm really blessed to be able to do this work. Yeah, you went to school at, I think, the University of Albany, and it was for yeah. journalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a random choice. I don't know, I think I picked journalism because I was really good at writing, and I liked writing a lot in high school. And it was also one of those things where it was like, what are you good at? I was like, oh, I like writing. Okay, then like, maybe you should do journalism as a degree. And I was like, okay, <laughs> it wasn't really. I didn't put like a ton of thought into it. Um, looking back, there are like a wide range of other degrees I certainly would have liked to pursue instead. But yeah, it's interesting to be able to say I have a journalism degree and I do nothing with it. So I guess that's always how it ends up working out for people. Yeah, that's pretty common. Most people do not have a profession in what they went to school for. Mm-hmm. So good for you for yeah. being average. Um, What's that? Good for you for being average. Right. I was like, this is on brand, actually. So it feels like I'm not using it at all. I use it occasionally if I'm like editing something. And I'm like, oh, here it is. I'm using my degree for five minutes. But yeah, I do nothing with it. Yeah, I think that's pretty standard. So I feel good about where I am on that conversation, I guess. So looking back on it, you know, hindsight being 2020, what would you have majored in instead? Oh my gosh, it's so, it changes so much now because I'm just consuming like all of these new experiences. Um, I think it might have been environmental science and urban planning um, would have been huge. I would have loved to to have a, you know, a degree in, in, in plan.
planning in general, but I think definitely urban planning would be really beneficial, especially now in Portland as we kind of reshape what the city is looking like. Um, and then I think like some kind of like environmental equity or social something, I don't know, I'm sure that there are like plenty of names for these degrees now, but I think anything that was kind of involved in, you know, preservation of the environment, but also like ensuring that we're looking at everything through an equitable lens. I don't know what that degree would be called, but it would be like, like the, the racial and social equity and environmental equity degree, whatever that would be. Um, I think that's, you know, that stuff is really important to me and it's continuing to be as I get older and seeing it. So I think being able to study that would be really interesting. Do you see yourself possibly going back to school? Oh, probably not. <laughs> I could, I was so happy to be done with school, and I'm not one of those people where I'm like, oh man, I wish, I wish I could, you know, do it all over again. I was done. I was done. I just the exams and the homework and the you know required this and that. Like I just, I can't. I think it's, I think it's a wrap for me. <laughs> I hear that. Um, are you? I happen to have a profession where I have to take classes all the time. And some of the classes I learned something new or I remember, oh, I, for I forgot that. Maybe I should start trying to do that again. Um, mm -hmm. In your profession, do you guys take classes? I mean, we there are a ton of training uh, opportunities, like, you know, month long. I was just in a month long training on facilitation, which is really cool and like community engagement. Um, and so I, we do like courses occasionally, they'll just be putting stuff on and now that everything is on Zoom, it's much easier to just join a course. So in that sense, we do kind of further our experience within just like trainings all over the country. But I haven't had any official like, this is a, this is a class that you should take. And I think I, I, I think I would take a class on something. I don't know that I would go back and get a full degree and like immerse myself back into the experience of like being in school again. But there are certain things that interest me where I was like, oh, I, I could see myself taking like a semester course on that. But even now as I'm saying it, I'm like, my other mind is like, you're too busy. You can't. Cause I'm like thinking my calendar just popped in my head. And I was like, actually, I don't know. I don't know when I would have the time. But if I did have a little bit of free time, I think it would be great to maybe take like one. It's really interesting. Right on. Um, I think courses are so much better than like a full-time study. So much better. Um, I do not miss going back to school or ever think about it either. So more power to you. <laughs> yeah, I have no shame in being like, yeah, no, I'm done. Like, once I graduated college, I was like, I don't have to do this anymore. I'm done. <laughs> Um, I have thought about like taking a like beer tasting course and so there's like a version like a sommelier does wine and I forget what the beer name is but I have thought about that. Um, do you like any of the alcohol experiences that you can get in Portland? Yes. So it's funny because Portland of course we have I think I don't yeah it's Portland it's we have the like the most breweries per capita in any city um, in the United States. But I feel like I am one of the only people here that doesn't like beer. And it's like, I just don't, I can't. And it's like, I've been trying, I've been trying to get into beer 
for what feels like 12 years and it's just not good and any beer I have it's not good and everyone's oh you gotta try this one you gotta try a stout or you're gonna try whatever and like it's just not tasty to me and I can't find a beer where I'm like oh my gosh this is what I like like sour beer is somewhat but for the most part I'm not a beer drinker and it's awful because I'll go to these amazing breweries because I still love to go with friends and I'm like that person where I'm like do you guys have wine or anything else you guys have like a cocktail <laughs> and they're always like this is a brewery I'm like no oh. <laughs> so then my follow-up question is always well what's the beer that you have that tastes the least like beer I'm like the worst person to go into a brewery, but I think it would actually be really cool to take some kind of beer tasting course with experts because then I could say like, here's what I think my palate is. And I'm sure that there is a beer that exists that I would be like, oh, I, you know, I like this and I would drink this regularly. I just haven't found it yet. Have you, um, well, um, you're not missing out on anything if you haven't found what you like. Uh, yeah. Either it's out there or it's not. You know, that's cool. Right. Beer-wise. Right. Uh, have you... There's like a hard seltzer place. Have you tried them? A pre? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love that place. Um, and was so excited when they opened because I was like, oh my gosh, this is for me. This is like cider and seltzer. <laughs> this is my spot. And it's just beautiful inside and outside. It's a really cool, fun place to hang out and have a couple of drinks. Um, so yeah, I've been there a couple of times. I really like it. I've been to, oh my gosh, I can't think of the name now. Oh, Root Wild, like the kombuchery. Um, and I like that, like kombucha is interesting. I really like that. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of like a wine and cocktail person, I think is like where I land. And then certainly, you know, seltzers and, and ciders. That I so with the cocktails, what's usually your base spirit? Like you like vodka, uh, gin? Yeah. So I'm basically a Moscow mule is like my drink. I because even with alcohol, I'm also the type of person where I'm like, I hate, I kind of hate the taste of alcohol. So what can I get where it doesn't taste like alcohol? And now that I'm getting older, I'm like, and doesn't have a lot of sugar where I'm going to be like hungover for three days. I have like two. And so a Moscow mule I like because I really like ginger beer. And I feel like it's a nice kind of like base where I don't feel like queasy if I have like a couple. Um, so yeah, vodka is probably my base. And then second to that would be tequila. And I don't really ever go down like the whiskey path because I even whiskey too much for me. <laughs> There's, uh, you know, I kind of felt that way about whiskey and I like bourbon, but I went to like a whiskey tasting and I was like, okay, like I, I could probably sip on this occasionally, like, but I don't know when, because I don't feel like buying a bottle and having whiskey hang out and get all dusty. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, Portland distilleries or local distilleries that do vodka. Have you tried any local spirits like that? Uh, I've been to Stroud Water. Um, a couple times. Is that a, that's vodka, right? Like the distillery. But yes. Yeah, I've been there a couple times. I think it's like, I'm, I have like this Portland problem of becoming like the person I hate, where I'm just like, whatever's in my radius is where I'm going. And so like, I, I think about all these really 
cool places like Stroudwater, which is like on Thompson's Point, and like a couple others, but they just aren't, they're never in my rotation. So I'm like, where can I walk so I don't have to drive? Like, where can I go where I don't have to, you know, take my car or worry about driving? But I, I do want to start exploring more of these spaces, especially as it gets warmer, because we have so much here that I haven't even, like, you know, scratch the surface on like distilleries and places where I'm sure I could find drinks that I actually really like that I've probably just never had before. Um, and made by people that are like, oh, you don't like this taste. Like, here's something that I think you would probably enjoy. So that's my goal for the summer. <laughs> it's like, my goal is to drink more in the summer. <laughs> it's actually my goal too. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, I think that's everybody's goal. <laughs> Um, I love how you talked about as things get warmer, you're going to venture out more. And it made me think about, we're still kind of like in this pandemic. How have you been like finding your way through it? Oh, yeah, the pandemic has been rough because um, I live alone. In the early days of the pandemic, it was like, <laughs> I was like, don't forget about me, everybody. Like, I'm still here and I can't leave my apartment and I... I'm a social person as well, so it was really hard just not seeing anybody. Um, I mean, the one thing that I've stayed pretty consistent on throughout the pandemic is to like work out. Because in the early days when we were in lockdown, I was like, okay, I'm gonna create a routine for myself where I'm gonna like wake up, go for a run, scrambled eggs, and like listen to the news and just like have some sort of routine to, so I don't lose my mind just like existing by myself all the time. And now it's, you know, as it's, it's weird because it ebbs and flows where it's kind of like, we, you know, we, we had the masks for a while and now we don't. Now it's getting warmer, but I feel like I'm hearing we might have another surge. And so it's always like, how am I adapting to like this new, this new environment and like rules and regulations as well. But I've just been trying to like get outside, I guess, as much as I can, whether I'm like walking or running around my neighborhood. Um, in spaces that have outdoor dining where we can socially distance is really nice too. So it's been challenging, but I think now that we're getting into like year, what is it? We're in year two now of the pandemic. Um, I'm trying to say like, okay, what are things that I can do where I feel like I'll be comfortable and, and safe, but also be the people that I want to see. And I know now in Portland, a lot of places have a vaccine like requirement, like you can't go in unless you have a max card. And so I think that kind of dictates where a lot of people go to as well. But yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's, it's, <laughs> I think I, I've been flowing through like pandemic depression and like seasonal depression and then being like, okay, I'm going out today. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to sit in the sun. And I'm just trying to hang in there. I think like all of us are through like this very, I almost said unprecedented. And I'm like, I'm never using that word again. I hate that word. So like through this very strange time, I will say. So yeah, it's it's been it's been challenging. I'm doing my best, I guess. It sure seems like it. You're on the outside. It looks like you're thriving. So keep doing That's what it. you're doing. <laughs> um, At least I'm playing my part well. <laughs> um, yeah, I also like to do some running. And I definitely yeah. felt like during the pandemic, you really needed to have something to lose yourself into that seemed productive. Um, 
I miss signing up for races and I've signed up for one this year. Have you ever signed up for any races? Oh my gosh, you're like a, a marathon person. No, I'm, I've done one half marathon. That Okay. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay, so I did one 5K in my life. And this is what I wasn't even a runner. Like even now I would consider myself, I'm still like slow, but I consider myself a runner because I essentially run like every day, if not every other day, just like right or, like I do a loop around my neighborhood. But I did this 5K like randomly. I was just like, this is gonna be fine. I wasn't really even like working out at all. And I'll never forget the night before. I was at some party, like a family party or something. And they, they had like sangria, like that was just, on like bottomless sangria and I was like cool and I was like <laughs> so much sangria and I woke up the next morning from my 5k I realized I had like no appropriate like 5k clothes I wore like a v-neck cotton shirt and like I had to like borrow shorts from somebody I had like the worst running shoes ever and I just like casually showed up and was like this is gonna be fine <laughs> and it was actually one of the it was it wasn't one of the worst experiences of my life but it was kind of miserable and I was like really slow and like when I thought I would be close to being done I wasn't I saw like the marker for like mile two and I was like oh my god I, I haven't even gone that far <laughs> so I don't think I'm really like a 5k person I would like to be and maybe I'll do one more someday but yeah I'll never forget I was like so poorly prepared for my first one <laughs> and I was just like here I am guys rolling in for my 5k hungover off sangria and just like not you know prepared but it did feel good when i crossed this so that was good right that was my moment because <laughs> you were done you're like i am i am done <laughs> that is yeah, the last that marker like, that was dope i do i remember two these guys did it like twice because they sprinted the whole thing of course you always have to have somebody like that and so they passed me like this group passed me I think like once and I was like you guys are done why are you running a 5k again just like show up mm -hmm. I was so annoyed <laughs> so yeah I don't I it's I would never say I would never do it again but yeah it was it was really tough it felt like it lasted forever so well yeah I mean it sounds like you were not prepared <laughs> Even, like a smidge not prepared. <laughs> yeah. I mean you had youth on your side, so you can do anything exactly. when you're young. Yeah, I think that's what it was too. I was still in that mindset of just like I'm just gonna do a five K just because I like to feel like doing it and I yeah, I didn't I would never be able to survive that now. But yeah, I I think in theory, like running a marathon, just to say I did it or half marathon could be something I, I would try just to be like, I did that thing. And now I can kind of like cross it off. I feel like I'm always like that where like these big things, like, like life experiences. Like I went skydiving and I was like, I did that thing. I never really have to like do it again. I can like put it in, in the box of like experiences. So maybe someday I'll, I'll actually run a marathon. We'll see. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel about it. Like I'd like to, cause Oprah ran a marathon. So I personally do she what she did. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I like, I think Gail might've had to go with her, but I'm not sure. Um, but I, I'm definitely, I hear you. That's on my list. Skydiving. Where did you skydive? I went in Lebanon. So they have a place here, Skydive New England. Um, I think that's the only spot and it's super, they're super popular. Like they've been around for a really long time. And I went 
oh my gosh, it was a while ago now. It was probably close to 10 years ago, actually. But yeah, I was supposed to go with friends and then everybody bailed like one by one. And I was like, I'm still going because I already signed up. So like, let's let's just do it. And it, <laughs> it was like one of the craziest experiences I've ever had. Um, but it was also really cool. And now again, I can be like, yeah, I did that thing. I had that experience. And now I can think about like, the next thing that I want to do. Okay, I have two questions. Did you see the white mountains in the ocean where you went? Whether you were up in the sky and coming down? No. Oh, okay. No. No, so, it was like a, it was just like a large field area. It wasn't the white mountains where I was. Okay. I, I skydived myself and it was someplace like southwest Maine where you could. Oh. Yeah, I can't remember the town or the company, but. But it wasn't Lebanon? It might have been, but while we were up there, you could see mountains, and then you turn, and then you could see the ocean. Like, interesting. I mean, maybe to be honest, it was like a blur when I jumped somewhere. <laughs> so maybe I actually did see the mountains. I was just too busy like screaming hysterically. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I screamed. <laughs> I screamed for like a second or two, and then I was like, "Oh, I'm not dead yet," and then I started to enjoy everything. I know. I I remember I, in my head, I was like, you have to stop screaming because you'll pass out. Because I was, I had never screamed that much in my life. And I, I felt my like chest convulsing. And in my head, I was like, stop, calm down. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, that was, uh, it was a, again, like an experience I'll, I'll always remember it all. It was really fun. Right on. Um, and then my second question about that, are you still friends with those friends who bail? Uh, no, actually, but like, I, yeah, no, I cut them off right after I was like, listen, we're done. You didn't with me. No, I think it was just like, it was where I worked. I waited tables and it was just like this group of people I waited tables with that like, I feel like when you wait tables, it's like you have this like, tight-knit group because you're all in the same experience on people. And so we were like very close for a while and that was one of the things we were going to do. And, Hopefully they went at some point in their life or get to go because it was it was really cool. Right on. Um, so we talked about some distillery action. You're gonna explore a little more. Um, yeah. Stroutwater. I happened to got their gin. Like I had a little very small gathering, and somebody brought over a bottle of their gin. I thought it was really nice. But you, you don't drink gin, right? Um. Do I drink gin? <laughs> well, I tried a seven and seven ones. That's gin. That right? is gin. And Super. it was okay. I was drinking those for like a little while. I go through like little spurts where I'm like, let me try this drink for like two weeks and see how it goes. Um, I think if I had gin that was good gin, because I think this is part of it too, is like if I had actually like good gin, I'm sure I would like it. It's probably just like I haven't experienced like a gin that I that is probably like quality because I'm like give me the lowest of the low like <laughs> like whatever you're, give me the four dollar whatever like, cheap drink that you have so I think if I actually did dive into a little little bit more and do like a tasting at a place where like actually distills it I'm sure I would find like, I haven't really had much experience okay um I was just curious because it's the closest thing kind of to vodka but it's right got the botanicals juniper feet uh juniper something flowers mm. i don't know but that's yeah. what gives it that minty kind of 
piney taste. Is it in a mojito? No, that's rum. So I guess rum's a pretty good <laughs> comparison for vodka. So I like I don't know anything. I'm just like it's in a mojito, right? <laughs> what am I talking about? I just drink the drinks. I don't know if it tastes, but I like it. <laughs> um. I- my, I've also worked in the service industry in my last year of dental school, I was at Howard in DC and I worked at a bar and in order to get the job, I actually took like a bartending course. Um, and that's where I realized, like, I just, and that's where I started to expand my palate. Like you get bar friends, like the people you work the bar with, they're like, oh yeah, there's this like speakeasy that opened up. Let's go check that out and see what their drinks are like. Um, so yeah, I, I like to try different stuff. And I yeah. thought I didn't like gin, but I really do like gin. It's um, you can put whatever you put with vodka, you can do it with gin, but it has a little more, I would say, sophistication. But that sounds really judgy, so I haven't thought <laughs> of a different word. I think it's true though, because that's, like, that's like the best word to describe it. But it's hard to say. Well, I don't want to say sophistication, but that is technically what I meant. Right, right. <laughs> so. It's super judgy. I was like, oh yeah, well. Well, it is funny because I have a lot of, I feel like some of my circle is like um, bartenders and people that work in like food and service industry here in Portland and they're super knowledgeable about like food and beverage. So like we'll go places and like I'll try something and I'll be like, this is good. And it's like, and it's like not, but to me it is because I'm so used to probably drinking like really low quality. And I think I'm still in my head, I'm like still like a college kid where I'm like, whatever you have that's like happy hour, give me like a $3, like something that's your bottom shelf. And so I need to like elevate my palate, I think too. And I just haven't reached that time yet because I think I'm a child still. At some point, I should probably make a switch and start drinking, like, some more quality alcohol. But it's funny to go out with people who, like, know drinks and know, like, beverages and are like, yeah, this is not actually, like, that good. And I'm like, I love it! (laughs) Well, I mean, it's good to like things that you just like. And it's nice to not feel like you're bound to have, like, the highest quality or all that. And it's actually juniper berries, not flowers. I just remembered. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I think it's yeah. good to... And also, I love to find things that are affordable, but exactly. nice. So you can go to yeah. some places and their bottom shelf is actually, like, Amsterdam gym, gin or something like that, or they use absolute vodka. So it's, it's the bottom, but it's not really the bottom. Like, right. yeah. right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think, honestly, I just stick to, like, shots. For the, like, I try to, <laughs> because then I don't have to taste alcohol. It's, it's doing the same job it will do if I got a cocktail. I'm just trying to, like, I just want to get, like, a buzz, and I don't like the taste of alcohol. I'm like, I'm just going to take it down the hatch, and then I don't even need, need to worry about it. Like, <laughs> I, I've, like, achieved my goal, which is, like, if I want to get buzzed just take a shot. Um. <laughs> I assume it's just tequila, not vodka, right? For the shots? Oh, yeah. Not yeah. vodka. No. I, the last time I did that, I was like, I was 21. Yeah. I say I was 21. I was in college. I was 21. Um, I could never, I don't think I could do it now. I think I would actually like, it would not go down. Like, the thought of it is harsh to me. So, just yeah, just tequila, pretty much for now. Right on. 
I've really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit and chatting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for making the time for that. Um, I wanted to know what's the plug? How can ITP listeners get in touch? Thank you. So uh, I was like, do I give my counsel? Mr. My regular Instagram is at Toryland12. Um, and that's probably the best way unless people have counsel stuff and then they can find me at Counselor Victoria uh, on Instagram. But Instagram is, is my huge platform. So that is where people can find me for um, any like advocacy work that I'm doing or any type of counsel work that I'm doing. I primarily use Instagram. So. If you like what you've heard and want to hear it again or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show.